now more than ever, people need to go within and plug into that cellular memory, plug into divine source, detach as much as possible from the matrix. Hello again, everybody. This is James Bartley, and you're listening to Bartley's commentaries on the Cosmic Wars. Today, I have a lot to share, uh, stuff I want to get off my chest, but also other key issues, uh, especially in light of uh, recent information, confirmation. And we're definitely headed in a certain direction, and I wanted to comment upon that. It just delves into all interrelated issues, uh, potential for nuclear war, dislocation, chaos, food riots, transportation breakdowns, cosmic issues, let's say, for lack of a better term. So away we go. One thing that has come to light in the last couple of years is the frauds, the phonies, the wannabes, the no-loaders have revealed themselves for what they are, which are basically frauds, freeloaders, no-loads. And they make a name for themselves by just spending all their time uh, bagging out others for being controlled opposition, making all these pronouncements about how this, that, or the other event or series of events or trending type situations. They're either a hoax, a psyop, a distraction. These people are, whether they realize it or not, they're influencers verging on cancel culture types. Because as influencers and because of ego activation, I've always said from the beginning that ego activation is a sure sign of entity infestation, if not outright entity possession. Whenever you come across somebody who's ego-infested, ego-driven, you're talking about an activated ego, and the reason it's activated is because entities are tweaking their knobs uh, from somewhere, or more often than not, the person has been taken up as a host. Because there's no other way to explain, really, why there is such a disconnect between the inner core state of being which by its nature is humble, it's self-effacing, it's judicious in its pronouncements, it's operating from a state of equilibrium, equanimity, intuitive guidance. Could you imagine World War II British photo interpreter uh, analyst? They're looking through their lens piece, which when it's look at down onto a flat two-dimensional photograph, the lenses are uh, manufactured in such a way as to give the appearance through the lens piece uh, of a 3D picture, basically. So these, uh, in our example, these British photo reconnaissance planes, what a dangerous job that was. The only thing you really had going for you was your speed because you had to elude ground fire. And then if you were pounced on by Messerschmitts and Fock Wolves, well, you know, often as not, they don't really have much armament. <laughs> They're there to take photographs. They're not there to, to fight, right? So they take these swaths uh, of photographs, which they later re refer to as mosaics, 
numerous passes from different directions to make sure they get all the details of a particular locale. And they bring them back and they piece them all together into what they later called mosaics. And then the photo interpreters would, you know, the analysts would look through these lenses and they would determine what was there, what was not there, what was camouflage. There were times when these photo analysts would peer through the lens and they'd see, okay, this is by all outward appearances uh, supposed to look like a, a V1 or a V2, uh, more likely a V1 launching site, right? Cruise missile, uh, very basic model, uh, cruise missile site. But the photo interpreter realizes, no, it's not really a V1 launch site. It's camouflage to look that way. It's, it's, it's mimicry. It's deception, right? That information will be duly noted and passed on to uh, colleagues and superiors. Now, I'll tell you what didn't happen. The photo interpreter didn't don a shirt that said, I'm immune from being fooled by German intelligence, right? Because I know a real V1 launch site from a fake one. I can assure you no British intelligence, photo intelligence analyst ever did that. But that's what happens today. So many of these people will put out these uh, ego-fueled post status updates on Facebook. Uh, I'm immune from worrying about nuclear war because I knew I know nuclear weapons are a hoax, right? And there's a lot I can get into about that. Or I know that snake uh, venom is a hoax, right? Which has been proven to be the quite the opposite, actually. The uh, synthetic peptides of a variety of different venoms has conclusively been proven to be in the stabs, right? So those people who made those silly pronouncements, they not, not only have egg on their face, they have uh, synthetic snake venom and other venom peptides in their face as well, right? So the point is they didn't go shucking and jiving these British photo interpretation analysts. It's, it's another day in the office. Okay, this is a fake missile launch site. Noted, plotted, move on. Now, what do these people do? Oh, such and such is a hoax. The flat earth, this, that, or the other, right? And what they're doing is, is figuratively and literally, in a sense, they're doing all those tiresome um, NFL football end zone celebrations, all the shucking and jiving, all the, you know, the backwards uh, moon dancing, you know, the, the crotch grabs, the whole bit, okay? Shucking and jiving, high-fiving, all these secret handshakes, public handshakes with one another, celebrating a score. I'm an old school guy. To me, I'm like, you know, act like you've been there before. Act like this is not your first barbecue. Act like you've battled these evil forces in at least one other lifetime, right? So what they do is they they put out these status updates, blowing smoke about how this, that, the other person is controlled opposition, uh, this, that, the other is a hoax slash psyop slash distraction. And see, they're... These are authoritarians, make no mistake about it. They're wannabe, closet, not-so-closet authoritarians 
who are influencers, whether they realize it or not. And the danger lay in the fact that uh, they can fool a lot of weak-minded people into going along with them, much to the detriment of uh, themselves. Because they're weak-minded and they're intellectually lazy, like these people who are forever putting up these, uh, you know, this public self-gratification status update kind of syndrome, right? Because that's what it amounts to. So they're just blowing smoke about how everyone else is is a psyop, and unless you do this, unless you don't do that, you're not really uh, fighting for freedom, and uh, you better show up at this uh protest or if you don't it just proves that you're a phony these people they're they're just tiresome and almost all of them most of them not all of them but almost all of them they're surface level types on top of that they're surface level types so they don't even realize that there's a supernatural Transdimensional, metaphysical, hyperdimensional aspect to all this, extraterrestrial, subterranean aspect to all this. You know, all false modesty aside and throwing away any notions of fairness and, and, and what have you, when it comes right down to it, I consider people like that in general to be minor leaguers in, in the overall scheme of things. So they're not in the big leagues, they're not in the big time. They can't even wrap their minds around the fact that this is a non-human control system that controls this planet. They are dullards, and I would never want to align myself with them, interact with them, share information with them. What's the point? I mean, mean, look at the people they're putting down. Oh, Alex Jones, uh, controlled opposition. Uh, Yeah, uh, he's got an audience of millions. How many uh, people are in your Facebook friend group? Or how many likes do you get on YouTube? Not only does Alex Jones have millions of followers, he's publicly calling out the the ADL. Have you called out the ADL before your millions of listeners and millions of viewers? Now, let me answer that for you. No, you haven't, okay? No, you haven't. That's a hell of a hoax to just willingly take on like a billion-dollar lawsuit I think he's carrying it a little too far for what amounts to a practical joke. Ah, David Icke, he's controlled opposition. Yeah, he's banned from 26 countries. How many countries are you banned from? How many countries' defense systems go on alert whenever you want to visit them? Probably not many of you. Certainly not to that extent. Another thing about these types is they don't believe in second chances. Tulsi Gabbard, oh, she's controlled opposition, former Democrat. No, she's openly talking about anti-white racism and white replacement. That's not a limited hangout. Merloni in uh, Italy, ah, oh, she's controlled opposition. She was in all these uh, globalist groups when she was younger. Ah, uh, she's a supporter of Israel. Well, show me a politician who isn't. Ah, she's in support of the war in Ukraine. Show me a politician who isn't. But you know what? She was saying all those things, going along with all those things. Now she's Prime Minister of Italy. And now she's hammering 
key domestic issues, mass unlimited immigration, the attack on the family, globalism. These are not limited hangouts. When she's saying things like, oh, what have they got against the family? Why do they hate the family? Why are they pushing all these genders? Why are they flooding our country with these insane immigrants? That's all part and parcel of this agenda. And she's calling it out. That's not a limited hangout. Ah, she's controlled opposition. See, this is an indication of defeatism and hopelessness wrought by unhealed trauma, ego activation, and at a basic, a very basic disconnect from a higher spiritual guidance. Because they don't even have the intuitive guidance, that gut feeling, the still silent voice, to tell them whether something is legit or not. That's very basic, folks. That's a very basic capability we're all born with. Even people born into supremely evil families and who are intended to perform supremely evil things. They're born with this intuitive connection to their particular source, their source. I'm not equating our source and our higher divine guidance with theirs. I'm just saying that they have their form of innate intuitive guidance and we have ours, but these these wannabes, these cancel culture wannabe types, they don't have that capability. It's just unhealed trauma being belched and vomited in every direction. It's a form of public masturbation is what it is. No one's allowed to have a second chance. I'm reminded of Admiral Chester Ward, Judge Advocate General of the, of the U.S. Navy, and uh, he was in the Council of Foreign Relations for years. Now, the thing that he did was he looked around, okay, these are a bunch of whack job, Luciferian communist scum, but I'm going to play along with it. <laughs> I'm going to listen to what these bung munches have to say, right? And he did. He hung out with them for years in the Council on Foreign Relations, and then, boom, he writes a book, Kissinger on the Couch, co-written by Phyllis Schlafly, and that should be required reading for everybody. Point of relevance is... To all outward appearances, he was just another communist, Luciferian bung munch like the rest of the members of the Council on Foreign Relations, but he wasn't. He was a constitutionalist, a true American, and he wrote a book about what he saw and heard, and he specially focused on Kissinger. All right? So a lot of these types today who never heard of Admiral Chester Ward, they're essentially doing the same thing. They're saying, oh, this, that, and the other person, because of their prior, past, maybe current affiliations. Ah, control the opposition. Control. This is hopelessness and defeatism. Commanders like Admiral Nimitz, General Patton, they, they wouldn't have allowed these people to be on their staff for like one day. They would have listened to the defeatism, hopelessness, loser attitude. Get out of here, they would have said. Get the hell out of here. Go find yourself safe staff job somewhere. When one has the ability to influence others, and I never take this lightly, being an influencer, whether you want to or not, if you do a podcast, you're influencing people. But if you're influencing people in ways that are detrimental to the listeners, and it's all down to ego gratification, I don't have a time to get into it. Uh, This is why it, it behooves people, and it's never too late. Study military history. People like General Mark Clark, who sacrificed thousands of his own soldiers just for glory, just just for reptilian, ego-driven glory. 
And that's all he did. He didn't care about his troops. All he wanted was glory. Well-known commanders, uh, Chesty Puller for the Marines, lionized to this day by the Marine Corps. The guy was an overrated blowhard who sacrificed his men pointlessly, consistently, uh, especially in the Peleliu campaign in the Palau's. What a bloody fight that was. He had to be ordered to stop sending his men to their pointless deaths. And he just was just doing it through... He was locked in a fugue state on the one hand, but there was also this ego, and he, he just can't admit he was wrong about something and, and go back on what he said or believe in doing. Robert Travis, U.S. Army Air Corps, just in this maniacal quest for glory, he leads a, a mission against Stuttgart, and just through bad command decisions... In this quest for glory, he winds up getting 45 of his B-17 bombers shot down. 45, 10 crewmen in each B-17. That's 450 crewmen killed, wounded, and captured because they were just in this insane quest for glory and ego gratification. When one starts thinking and behaving and acting from a Purely me, selfish, me, me, me standpoint. And they have the not only the ability to influence, but goad, manipulate others into doing what they want. That is a recipe for disaster. And that's what I see with these people. Uh, Putin, Putin, control opposition, of course, control opposition. Well, he was a born intelligence operator, Putin was. <laughs> I mean, a real pro would never underestimate him. At any level, because in the intelligence ocean, he's a shark. He's not a minnow. He's not a bureaucrat playing and playing at intelligence. He's the real deal. But what's Putin saying? Oh, the West is satanic. Find me at any level of government, of any level of uh, entertainment, media, sports, the military. Find me someone in a Western country that will come out of that stature not only his stature but way way down the pecking order find me someone who will say the west is satanic that they're just confusing everyone with all these genders and that it's just a maniacal luciferian whack job system and they want to destroy russia which they do russia is largely a christian country a white country that's proud of being white proud of being russian proud of being christian and uh, certain powers that be of had an animus towards the Russians, Rusland, going back <laughs> many a year, <laughs> centuries. Ah, Putin, controlled opposition. He's calling out the West every way imaginable. But it's never good enough for these people who lack intuitive guidance, the basic ability to differentiate, discern right from wrong. They, they're lacking in that capability. And yet they presume presumed to be leaders like General Mark Clark in Italy just killed thousands of his own troops just for glory. And that's what these people are doing, whether they realize it or not. And it's, it's just a big ego gratification syndrome. And like I said, a form of public masturbation. It's bizarre. I mean, there's so many things you can look at. The, the complacency it's wrought uh, as far as nuclear weapons are concerned. When you point out all these facts about why nuclear weapons are real, this is the response you get from them. Oh, that's what they want you to think. So James Chadwick never discovered the neutron. 
Otto Hahn and Fritz Strassmann, they never discovered fission. The huge plutonium-239 plants in Hanford, Washington, were never built. That was all a hoax. The tremendous in scale Soviet espionage and later the Chinese communist espionage efforts towards attaining atomic weapon secrets, ah, that's all a hoax. It never happened. It's intellectual laziness, and it's this any entity-infested indifference, where if for one nanosecond they thought, oh, maybe there's something to this nuclear weapon thing, maybe I should do some research on it, the entities in their head would start screaming, no, 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 and that would be the end of that. Why are so many of these surface-level types unable to wrap their minds around the concept of aliens, UFOs, Roswell, simple things like that? Here's why. Because they trusted the science. Where did you hear that before? They followed the science. That's right. When their high school science teacher, chuckle, suppress, groan, said, oh, no, the the distances between uh, stars, interstellar space is too vast, blah, 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 quack, quack, quack. So these high school science teachers told them interstellar travel and hence uh, aliens from other worlds, other planets, is impossible. They took it on board. And plus, they were probably of the mentality, the psychological profile, where they delighted in laughing at people uh, that were being ridiculed by the media or, you know, a kid that, you know, speaks up in class or confides in one person. Oh, yeah, I think I had an alien experience last night. And then these people were the first to laugh because they're part of that psych profile. Ridicule and debunk. Debunk and ridicule. You use academics to debunk the subject of aliens and interstellar travel. And then you ridicule. So they followed the science when their college and high school professors said it was impossible. And they they went along with that. And look how following the science has, has worked out for people the last couple of years. Don't get me started on that. So they followed the science. Oh, but they loved the ridicule. They loved to pile it on. Oh, little green men, little green men. And so now when they're confronted with all this information, it's not even new information. It's not even really historic information, like stuff that myself and my colleagues have taken on board decades ago. I just had William English on the show. I just had Larry Warren on the show recently. Those are two giants in our field. So rather than, okay, mea culpa, maybe there's something to this alien UFO business after all, because I'm open-minded, I'm going to look into it. No, 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 it doesn't happen. Entity screaming, no, 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 in their head. And because they're intellectually lazy and ego-driven, they doubled down. Project Blue Beam, DARPA, the original iteration, the original incarnation of DARPA was the Joint Army-Navy Research and Development Board, which we know was deeply involved in the back engineering of alien technology. A number of their physicists and scientists, well-known from the 1940s and 50s. Carl Compton, the director of the Joint Army-Navy Research and Development Board, known to be involved in the research and analysis of recovered alien technology. John von Neumann, uh, Dr. Robert Saubrocker uh, spoke about this, or wrote about this, rather. Oppenheimer was known to be a consultant in uh, alien uh, technology matters. That information has been there for a long time, but instead they're doubling down on DARPA, DARPA. Well, DARPA started out as the Joint Army-Navy Research and Development Program working with alien technology, working with recovered alien biology, 
dead bodies and you know <laughs> creating bioweapons out of alien alien bodies alien uh, tissue etc etc and then fast forward today and they don't even know that DARPA used to be the Joint Army Navy Research and Development Board ah drones drones project blue beam blue beam blue beam right these are real simpletons this is one thing that these service level types can never say which I can say a lot of you out there have heard of Ted Gunderson a former special agent in charge of the uh, the bureau's office in Los Angeles which is a pretty big office pretty big staff pretty big operation all across the board I mean that branch at least in the old days they used to investigate espionage things like that <laughs> everything's been flipped these days but and Ted Gunderson was in charge of that well, how many of you know that Ted Gunderson asked me to brief him about drumroll police? Ted Gunderson asked me to brief him about reptilians. Just that statement I just made is guaranteed to instill cognitive dissonance with these truthers who think they know everything and they're just surface level types. Why would Ted Gunderson want me to brief him about reptilians? Obviously, although I didn't ask, but it was obvious to me, clear to me, that because he must have heard stories. Certainly Bryce Taylor knew, because she'd confided to a public audience, and I was there at the time, in a Q&A, question and answer session after her presentation, that, yes, she'd seen shape-shifting. Now, if Bryce Taylor was going to say that publicly to a large audience at a Q&A session. I'm sure she would have mentioned it privately to Ted Gunderson at some point. And Bryce Taylor would not have been the first person to tell him about shape-shifting because of all the extensive work, contacts, uh, debriefings he's conducted. So the fact that Ted asked me to brief him on reptilians, that takes us to a whole nother level. And surface-level truthers you know, they're only going to have a few responses to that. Indifference, oh, whatever, Bartley. Nah, I don't believe that. Or just let cognitive dissonance sink in and they just put it on the back shelf and don't even think about it. Right? Because the implications, and it's ego again, where they can't bring themselves to admit that they were wrong, that not only are there really non-humans behind this, but reptilians in particular... Uh, that's disturbing to them because they're they're mentally rigid, they're closed-minded, and they're maladaptive. They're maladaptive. They can't make an adjustment. They can't make the mental adjustment. Mia culpa, I was wrong. Okay, turn the page. How can I make amends? How can I up my game? No, no, they're too entity-driven for that. They'd rather, like General Mark Clark, kill thousands of people in a maniacal effort to, to prove to everyone else that he was right. Didn't matter how many of his own troops he killed, right, in the process. That's beside the point. Therein lay the irony, because their, their knowledge, and I know where my wisdom ends and my ignorance begins. These ego-driven types, no, it doesn't apply. They top out, they hit a glass ceiling long before they get to the reptilians. And then they presume to try to play cancel culture, say, this guy, that guy is, is, is controlled opposition, uh, yeah, and getting back to Alex Jones, Alex Jones has woken up millions, millions of people, millions. And these naysayers, these uh, these scapegoaters and these uh, uh, finger pointers, uh, uh, how many have they woken up? 
How many have they inspired? That's another example of a leader, is if they inspire others to take up the mantle, to do similar work, and even exceed them, right, at times. Look how many people Alex Jones inspired to do the same kind of work. And then look at, these people need to look in the mirror. How many people have I inspired to do this kind of work? Well, they'll never get to that level of self-introspection. Never. Too many entities. Too many entities. They're influencers, whether they realize it or not. They're ego-driven authoritarians. They're closet authoritarians who want to play the cancel culture game. And they followed the science, like the children that they were at the time, and still are. They followed the science and said that aliens and reptilians, none of that can exist. Look how they were quick to just dismiss any notion that the synthetic snake venom and other venom peptides were in the stabs. How quick they were. Oh, I'm immune from that because I know it's a hoax. And I've seen these kinds of posts on Facebook they would never even be able to make the connection of what all the nanotech operating systems that Karen Kingston and others, but particularly Karen Kingston, uh, the tremendous work she's done in that regard, they'll never be able to wrap their minds around the profound implications of all that. I've spoken about graphene golems and what have you in the past. There's no telling what's in store. And I don't rule out the zombie factor either. I'm going to go more into this in the second segment, the members segment, but there are issues, spiritual, supernatural, energy issues to do with these treatments. People are becoming possessed. There's this video of people turning around and they've got this look of horror on their face. They already look demon possessed. And then they look like they're struggling or fighting against something. And then they drop dead. I've seen a few of those videos. Now, Bernard Gunther, in his work, and he independently confirmed what my colleagues and I had come up with, that there's a spirit attachment aspect to this. We know that covens have the means that they get in one of their prayer circles, if you will, and then they imbue portals and demons into an object. It could be a hairpin, it could be a needle, it could be a piece of lint, it could be anything. And then they find a way surreptitiously stick it into a house of a Christian in our example, and then next thing you know, demons and all kinds of stuff are showing up in that household. That's how it works. It's called the object link. Well, what if, what if, within these treatments, so-called, some of the ingredients themselves are object links? And you think about, like the West Africans, how they use the aboga root, and they not only see deceased ancestors. They see zombies. They see demons. Full-on entity possession takes over at times. And now, a synthetic version of iboga, a pharma version of iboga, is, it's called ibogaine. And get this, it's being pushed, pushed as a treatment for addiction, right? I'm not saying that iboga or ibogaine is in, in the treatments, okay? I want to make that clear. I'm saying that there's some kind of spirit entity attachment associated with it. It's absolutely clear to me that that's the case. There's no doubt in my mind. And then you combine that with the nano operating system. This is alien technology, and that's what Dr. Medej said, right? This is non-human in origin. You know what's particularly irksome to all these wannabe cancel culture types 
influencers slash cancel culture types is if you mention Christianity to them, they just start foaming in the mouth and practically start spazzing out. <laughs> it's like you, like you threw holy water on them or something. But there's no getting around the fact that some of the key players in all this are Christians. Karen Kingston, Christian. Dr. Madej, Christian. Stu Peters, Christian. Mike Adams, Christian. Alex Jones, Christian. Some of the best spiritual warriors on this planet at this time are Christians. And that pisses off these these wannabe cancel culture influencer types. And really, what have they done? What, what plaudits do they deserve? We had a saying in our old neighborhood, you ain't busted a grape yet. You ain't busted a grape yet. And what that meant was you haven't done anything yet. You haven't accomplished anything, right? Say, you know, you're involved in a work project with somebody and you haven't really done your fair share. You've just been, you know, and you haven't taken up the slack. You've just been freeloading. Well, in our neighborhood, we say, you ain't busted a grape yet. And my mom, she has this, one of her favorite sayings in, in Filipino. Uh, she speaks not only Tagalog, the main dialect, but also the central Philippines dialect. And uh, what she says is, walang sanabi yan. And it's said in a real dismissive way. Walang sanabi yan. What that means is, he slash she has got nothing to say. In other words, they're a braggart, they they're boastful. They haven't done anything. They haven't done anything yet. They haven't accomplished anything. He's got nothing to say. I mean, that's the literal translation, but it has a deeper meaning to, to that. And when you look at all these people, say, oh, Mike Adams, control opposition. Oh, yeah. Uh, how many people have you encouraged to stock up and prepare and mention by name specific uh, tools, specific types of equipment? that you can avail yourself of to help assure your survival in the future. Well, Mike Adams has helped out literally millions of people around the world. I know a bunch of people now, a number of people that have followed through on his advice, never mind the valuable intel he's been getting, right, all across the board. Great interviews in the recent past with Todd Callender, Karen Kingston, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then these nobodies have the gall to say that Mike Adams is controlled opposition. These people are hopeless. I mean, they're really hopeless. What have they done? What have they done to, to even have earned the right to claim somebody's controlled opposition? I brought up the example of Admiral Chester Ward earlier. That's just one example. Eddie Chapman, Eddie Chapman rather, Agent Zigzag working for uh, MI5. He was a double agent. The Norwegian resistance was trying to kill him because they assumed he was a spy working for the Germans. And then after the war, his his handler arranged a meeting, a dinner date. I guess he was saying an anonymous dinner date with uh, Eddie Chapman on the one hand and members of the wartime Norwegian uh, resistance, not only the resistance, but the leaders of the Norwegian resistance, uh, they'd arrange for a dinner and they didn't tell the Norwegian resistance guys that they'd be having dinner with Eddie Chapman. Okay, when they walked into the, 
the restaurant and they saw Eddie Chapman sitting there with their, his controller, which the Norwegian resistance knew, trusted, and worked with during World War II, they all had a big laugh. None more so than Eddie Chapman and, and his, his MI5 handler. They just were laughing their heads off. Because those Norwegian guys had been trying to kill Chapman during the war, thinking he was working for the Germans, right? So think about that. Every single person in Norwegian resistance wanted him dead. They didn't know he was really working for, for, for their, their very same side. Manuel Roxas was a politician in the Philippines. During World War II, during the Japanese occupation, he was seen as a turncoat. Uh, the other Philippine resistance fighters would have loved to have skinned him alive. They got in a hold of him. But little did they know that throughout the war, even though it seemed like he was buddy-buddy with the Japanese, he was buddy-buddy with the Japanese. Secretly, he was transmitting all kinds of information to General MacArthur's headquarters. But another thing about these, these wannabe cancel culture influencer types is they don't believe in, in second chances. They just assume, okay, if you've been around a long time and you perish the thought you have a large following, perish the thought that you've survived all this time. Oh, the fact that you're alive, Mr. Podcaster, uh, insert a name, David Ike, Alex Jones. And the fact that they're alive is a red flag. They should be dead if they were real, if they're legitimate. Now, the fact that they're still alive, it's good proof he's controlled opposition. What a defeatist loser mentality. Again, these types would not have been allowed on the staffs of, of George Washington, General Patton, Admiral Nimitz, Ulysses S. Grant. They would have said, get the fuck out of here with your loser mentality, casting blame on everyone except yourself, and suspicions. So Manuel Rock says if the Philippine guerrillas had gotten a hold of him, they would have skinned him alive during the war. All the while, he's sending back key intelligence back to MacArthur's headquarters. But these influencers slash cancel culture wannabes, no, nobody deserves a second chance. If you voted Republican or Democrat when you were younger, there's no going back from that. You're controlled opposition if you say you're against the New World Order now. These people are, whether they realize it or not, but the entities working through them certainly do, but consciously because they're they're disconnected from source and they're not operating from their heart center. They're operating from a place of ego, the mental field, which is a happy hunting ground for all these entities. They simply lack intuitive guidance, innate guidance, which we're all born with, but they, well, not all of us. For a lot of these influencer types, they either lost it or they they, they never had it to begin with. In lieu of real original research, these jokers are just spending all their time uh, casting suspicion and mistrust upon others. That's where they're at. Uh, their contributions to the controllers of this world have <laughs> probably been noted. Uh, certainly, it, it's helped the New World Order, I would say, at some level. One last thing before I end this segment and then... Uh, get on with the member segment. When you hear these surface level types talk about, oh, you know, why would they want to have a nuclear war when, uh, well, first of all, Putin's controlled opposition anyway. It's all theater. It's all an act. Uh, Oh, also, for some of them, nukes don't exist. But then for those who believe that nukes exist, 
but are still like confused about this, these are the kinds of statements you'll hear. It's like, why would they want to nuke their own infrastructure? Well, they're already dismantling their infrastructure in the first place. All across the board, they want the West to go into this state like Libya is currently, or, or places like that overrun by jihadis and just total madhouse. That's what they want to reduce it all to. Turn all these jihadists loose in the West and get rid of the those pesky white people. But they say silly things like, like, why would they want to set nukes off if that'll destroy their infrastructure and you know contaminate the environment, the atmosphere, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera. See, that's that's silly human thinking. They're thinking like a silly human who doesn't is not even aware that this planet is under the thrall of of a, of a non-human force. And this is what these alien forces have done from time immemorial, not just in this star system, but in others. They war against each other. And, and if you're familiar with the Anunnaki lore, brother against brother, internecine family feuds, if you will, that just happen to encompass whole star systems and planets and what have you, they play for high-stakes poker. They blow worlds up. They use weapons of mass destruction that pollutes the surface of the planet for for a long time. They've done this again and again on this planet. If terraforming, which I'm absolutely certain is a big part of the alien agenda, is being implemented, and I'm absolutely convinced it is, why wouldn't they set off a bunch of nukes? And who's to say that the radiation from these nukes would not have some impact upon uh, the corpses that have been uh, treated, let's say, and also the people that have yet to succumb to the treatments. What if, what if the radiation, I mean, we already know about the 5G and what it can potentially do. And again, great work, uh, Karen Kingston, uh, for digging up the actual documentation showing this linkage, which a lot of us, you know, pretty much had an intuitive feeling that there was a connection. Well, Karen Kingston has the goods on him, right? We, we know there's an absolute link. So those of us who are familiar with the esoteric, the ether, the real physics was ether physics, and familiar with the supernatural, familiar with interdimensional extraterrestrial forces and how they operate and the idea of how they operate anyway, know that these spirits, these entities, these demons, whatever you want to call them, they can piggyback on certain electromagnetic frequencies. We've already talked about the what Karen Kingston's talked about in the recent past that you know the treatments just plunge people into this demonic realm in quantum sense, and I absolutely believe that. And I'm not saying that a boga is in there or ibogaine or there's some kind of object link that's in the treatments and at least some of the batches that are causing this this possession thing going on. Okay, so that effect is amped up by the 5G. Who's to say that radiation in the atmosphere is not going to enhance and amp up that effect even more? I mean, just fast-track people and turning into zombies or, or something else. So when people say silly things like, oh, well, you know, why would they ever use nuclear weapons? That's just silly human talk. And then you also hear things like, oh, they would never use nukes, uh, but they could do, probably will do, an electromagnetic pulse. See, again, that's putting the cart before the horse. The world found out about electromagnetic pulses 
when the Soviets set off a high-altitude nuke, and it caused this previously up to that point, for the most part, unknown effect, which we now know as electromagnetic uh, pulse uh, emissions, EMP, right? Which knocks out the grid, knocks out everything. I mean, on a par with the Carrington event that happened uh, back in the, the 19th century. But then you hear people say, oh, they would never use nukes because that's kind of a hoax, but they're going to use an EMP pulse weapon to knock down the grid. It's putting the cart before the horse, and once again, intellectual laziness, it, it shows that they don't know the connection. They don't know that it was the Soviets setting up high-altitude nuke, which created the first recorded history known electromagnetic pulse. That's how we knew, how we learned about EMPs, is because then the Russians set off a nuke high in the altitude. And there are people out there saying that the nukes don't exist, but they do have EMP weapons. They just, yes, EMP weapons nowadays are—they don't require nukes. I'm sure by now they would have created, you know, with all their phased arrays and everything else, that they could uh, create that effect without having the news to, to use nukes. But this notion that like nukes don't exist and it's all a hoax and it's the intellectual laziness is off the charts and the irony is these people whether they want to admit it or not they see themselves as as leaders if you want to be a leader in any endeavor you must first be someone worthy of being followed if people follow you because you're ego driven and can impose your will upon weaker addled and confused minds you're not much of a leader you're an influencer, you're a manipulator you're a shyster, you're a con man con woman the kind of silliness we were hearing during the lockdowns oh, the lockdowns are necessary because you got to stay indoors at night because you know they're rescuing all the children from the dumbs at night and you're not supposed to see that right? the kind of things that I heard this is why a lot of these wannabes, just none of the real players that I know even take them seriously. All they really do is increase the signal-to-noise ratio, uh, particularly the noise side of the equation. They just increase the noise in relation to the actual signal. I mean, think about how what they had to go through in World War II, just, you know, the code-breaking, uh, decryption, uh, deciphering all, all these uh, ciphers uh, of the enemy. Just the little scraps they had to work with and piece together an intelligence picture. And here, so much of the stuff is, is open source. You'll find this stuff on Pfizer's website. You'll find this stuff in, in the World Economic Forum website, etc., etc. One of Klaus Schwab's underlings is openly talking about how humans are hackable and free will throw it out the window. Right? All this stuff is in your face out in the open, but instead of people following through on that information, what do they do? They they cast aspersions and suspicions on others. So I just had to get that off my chest because I've really seen a lot of that the last two years, quite frankly, from people I, I just don't take seriously. We all have limitations, myself included. But again, I know where my wisdom ends and my ignorance begins. And that's the problem with these ego-driven types. They, 
they never come to that level, very basic level of self-realization. They're still down in the weeds as far as the surface level research is concerned, and they have the gall to cast suspicion, aspersions against people who are true leaders in the field, people who have literally woken up and materially helped literally millions of people around the world. Yeah, David Icke is banned from 26 countries. And, and these naysayers and these frauds, well, have, what have they done? Check the fruit on the tree. A wise man once said it to me a long time ago, check the fruit on the tree. What kind of fruit are they bearing? Good fruit or bad fruit? Obviously, David Icke must be doing something right if they don't want him to show up in 26 different countries, right? And, you know, the attacks that Alex Jones has had. He must be doing something right. And, and there's another childish notion where, wherein that these people that they're constantly accusing of being controlled opposition or frauds or whatever the case may be, first of all, perish your thought, they can never be successful. They can never, you know, like make money uh, enough to sustain their operation. Oh, no. See, there's this socialist commie mentality that's crept into this field. Uh, like they, they expect you to live like a like a, a Tibetan monk, you know, with a beggar's bowl. And, but that's if, <laughs> that's what happens is so many of them also were succoring, obtaining, requesting donations and funds, right? But because someone else seems to be selling a product or a service, which is they're entitled to do, it's called a free enterprise system. The fact that they're selling supplements and they're, uh, they've got all these sponsors and everything, that, that just infuriates these wannabes. But that's the free enterprise system. That's real capitalism at work, not crony capitalism, not communism. And they, they begrudge them for others for you know, just being good at it, you know, being successful. They don't like that because they're communists at heart. They're authoritarians. But getting back to my original point, they have this childish notion that everyone else must think and have the exact same biases that they have. If a big-name researcher who's well-known, very popular, has a large following, if there's one thing that they disagree with uh, about that podcaster or big name in our field, if you will, well, that's all it takes. If they don't agree 100% in every detail, in every particular, the other person must be controlled opposition. That's just such a silly, silly notion. Could, could you imagine like a World War II era a cryptanalyst uh, uh, intercepting enemy uh, radio transmissions? Ah, no, let's not decrypt that. Let's not decode that. I mean, obviously, it was sent from an enemy transmitter. That means that the, the guy who transmitted is the enemy. He can't be trusted, right? <laughs> but we're philosophically at odds. We're on the other side of this conflict. We don't, we don't agree and see eye to eye on everything. Therefore, I'm going to throw everything out. Everything. The guy's the enemy, right? Well, of course, that's a silly notion. But essentially, that's what's happening. If someone else doesn't say everything, if they don't believe in the flat earth, if they don't believe that nuclear weapons are a hoax, if they don't believe Putin's is controlled opposition, then automatically, that's, again, the intellectual laziness. They have to work really hard to be that 
mentally rigid too. Well, may, maybe it's just a default setting. I don't know, but you know, to to never, never, never be open-minded to being wrong or or not having the full picture about something. And the grandstanding again, you know, the moonwalks, the the crotch grabbing, the the shucking and jiving, <laughs> the splits that they do, figuratively and literally, uh, just throwing their shoulders all out of whack by patting patting themselves on the back so hard, right? Uh, the contortions they put themselves in when they're congratulating themselves is just is just ridiculous. Suffice it to say, these wannabe influencers from a military and from a higher spiritual cosmic perspective, they've been cut off, uh, just like troops that have been bypassed and left you know, to starve, and then, you know, they never even get to fight. They're just kind of left out in, in the boonies, uh, not even worthy of you know, an invasion or an attack. They're just cast adrift, cut off from supplies cut off from reinforcement, communications broken down, and they're just left to wither and die on the vine, basically. They're just an isolated pocket of resistance has been bypassed and, and left to starve. And that's what I see with these wannabe types. They, they're, they've been cut off from their intuitive guidance. With all this wealth of information, they don't have to do any decoding. They don't have to do any... Uh, real field investigations, like a lot of us old schoolers do. All they got to do is be diligent and look up open source information and a little bit of intuitive guidance. There you go. You, they can start putting out streams of high quality information, but instead, because they're incapable of doing that, they just spend their spend all their time saying this is controlled opposition, this is this is a psyop, this is a hoax, this is a distraction. It's all negative, all negative. Which just proves my contention that they're cut off from source. They're cut off from intuitive guidance. They're stuck in the mental arena, which is a happy hunting ground for entities. So anyhow, we reached the end of the uh, the first segment of Bartley's commentaries on the Cosmic Wars. Uh, if you like what we do, if you believe in what we do, please go to our website, thecosmicswitchboard.com, sign up and become a member, and we'll see you at the top of the members segment.